Good morning. Today's scripture reading comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 15 through 16, and verses 20 through 21. Let's listen to the word of God. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by, doing, by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you would uh, imagine with me that you walk into a room and everybody's laughing hysterically. And so you go up to someone and you say, what happened? What did I miss? And they begin to explain and they kind of go through this um, semi-long story and you start to realize that it doesn't sound very funny, but you still chuckle politely. That person then responds and says, oh, I guess it sounds kind of weird when I explain it, but trust me, it was really funny. I guess you just had to be there. And you had to be there is one of our many expressions or idioms that we have, just like, I feel you, or walk a mile in their shoes. And that last one in particular takes me back a few years to when I got to go through um, the Compassion Truck, um, Compassion International, I don't remember what it's called, but um, they had a truck where uh, it's this audio and visual experience. So you go in, they give you a headset, and you walk through these different set pieces that's in the truck, and you get to hear and see and kind of experience what children from around the world, from another country, may be going through. And this is the organization's attempt to get you to walk a mile in that child's shoes. And at the end, they ask if you'd consider sponsoring that child. And this experience, this attempt, I think another word that we can use for it is um, an attempt to have us empathize with that child. And empathy, if we look at the definition, it's the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. And empathy poses these two questions of, one, have you been there? Two, if not, will you go there? And there are these two psychologists that have actually categorized empathy um, in three ways. So the first is cognitive. So the cognitive empathy is the ability to understand how a person feels and what they might be thinking. And cognitive empathy makes us better communicators. It helps us relay information in a way that the other person may best receive it. Uh, the second category is emotional. Um, so we can point to our heart's emotional empathy. It's the ability to share the feelings of another person. And some people describe it this way, that it's your pain in my heart. And this type of empathy helps us build emotional connections with others. And finally, there's compassionate empathy. This compassionate empathy goes beyond simply understanding others and sharing their feelings. It actually moves us to take action, to help however we can. 
And so my question is, how do we move through these different categories of empathy? How do we go from cognitive, emotional to compassionate? Or in other, term, other words, we can say, how do we go from listening to feeling to doing? With everything that's been going on in current events and with many of us still not um, back to what we knew from before, um, our tempers, our attention spans, all of those are probably short. We may not be as mindful about ourselves, let alone about other people and about what's going on around us. Yet we can see from today's scripture that empathy is something that's not to be neglected or forgotten. And so another question that we can ask ourselves is, have we lost our ability to empathize? We're in the book of Romans and in chapter 12, and the Apostle Paul is um, writing that about how in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, how are we as Christians to live our lives then? And in this chapter, he explores how are we then to relate to those in the church body and also those that are outside of the church body. And when we look at the first um, couple of verses from our text, 15 and 16, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lonely, lowly, never be wise in your own sight. This part is referring to how we relate to those in the church. And so empathy can be a struggle for many of us, I'm sure, uh, because it means paying attention, first off. We have to pause and stop what we're doing, not think about our to-do list, and actually take time and sit potentially in a very uncomfortable situation um, if you're not used to somebody sharing with you so openly or um, if they're weeping, however it may be, you know, to have to pause and then sit in potentially something that we aren't fond, comfortable with um, is something difficult for us to do. So empathizing really takes time. And we want instant usually, right? We want convenient a lot of times we jump to, how do I just fix this problem so it's something else I don't have to worry about? We don't want things that are difficult or that are uncomfortable. So rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep, that's something that can be very easy to say, of course, but how does that look realistically lived out? How do we live out um, this kind of empathy? So for example, if your friend gets a promotion in their job. And this promotion, they've, they've gotten this at this job that they've worked at less than you've worked at your current job that you've been stuck in the same position for years. How do you react? Are you able to truly rejoice with them? I mean, sure, maybe we're able to muster, oh, wow. Praise God, that's such great news. But then once we leave that conversation, how's our heart? Are we suddenly feeling very discouraged and disappointed with our own situation that we can't truly rejoice with our friend? 
can we move from the, the cognitive listening to the feeling, to truly rejoicing with someone else? In an opposite example, say your friend tells you that they've lost their job. They're devastated. They don't know what they're going to do next. They're weeping. Are we able to sit there and weep with those that are weeping? Are we able to not just put a silver lining on it or try to get them to see the bright side of things or try to move on because it's uncomfortable? Are we able to enter into that pain with them? Literal weeping often gets a bad rap. You know, many, um, we grow up thinking like, oh, men don't cry, or maybe your ethnic background teaches you that there's strength in holding back your emotions and not showing those. Or maybe we've bought into this lie that vulnerability is a weakness. All of those examples are examples of this pride that causes us to withhold empathy. And Paul warns against this in verse 16. Uh, the second part, he says, Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. In order to empathize, we must have humility. We can't truly share the feelings of others when we see ourselves above them. When we think, oh, well, man, they're having such a hard time. I don't struggle like that. We can't really enter into that empathy with them. Or maybe my troubles aren't as bad as theirs. Or uh, maybe we think because we're farther along in our experiences or our faith journey or whatever it may be, we just we see ourselves disconnected from that person. And we can't really enter into that empathy with them, enter into the feelings with them. And Paul continues to challenge us with this, um, the start of Romans 12, 16, saying, live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. And this harmony is more than just waving hello and saying nice things, not ruffling any feathers, just getting along. This living in harmony is referring to being of the same mind. And we see this also in 1 Peter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. We are to really know each other. We are to understand each other, to think of each other. And how can we do that if we disconnect ourselves from each other, if we value our time more than each other, or if we just automatically assume, you know, we have nothing in common, like we can't, I, I don't relate to this. Like how can we really empathize for one another if we think those ways? Empathy requires an attentive, humble, and listening ear. Empathy for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ is already challenging, but Paul continues to show us what a life in response to God's faithfulness looks like 
by pointing our attention to our enemies. We're not only to empathize for those that have a like mind, but for those that may be against us. And Paul says in verses 20 to 21, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Paul gives us clear examples of the compassionate empathy, of the doing. And he gives us these examples also with our enemies. We can't display empathy by seeking revenge or by paying back a wrong for a wrong. We empathize with those that may not be our friends by showing them gracious care. And all of this is much easier said than done, and it can definitely be very difficult, especially day in and day out, and with everything going on, um, and whatever your situation may be, it, it just it could feel so hard to move from from the listening empathy to the the sharing the with sharing of feelings empathy to the doing and caring empathy. So to do us do this for our both our siblings in Christ and for our enemies, it's tough. Because empathy requires humility, commitment, action, and faith. So how can we do this? How can we empathize better? How is this even possible? And we can look at scripture for this, the greatest example of empathy that will help us answer how do we do this um, and first, we, let's look at this, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who, is, who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus Christ did not look from afar at humanity's situation and just do nothing. He didn't just look at our pain and suffering and stand back or or say, I'm, I'm God, I have all these other things I'd rather do. Like, he entered into our broken world. He felt what we felt. He rejoiced when we rejoiced. He wept when we wept. And he overcame evil with good. And he did this by taking our place on the cross, dying for our sins, and rising again so that we would be able to even approach him, let alone that we get to have a real, personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus has modeled empathy for us. In many ways in scripture we get to see it, but especially in how he died in our place. How he entered into our pain. 
He's shown how to empathize with those who followed him and those who crucified him. And so if Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, if creator of everything, God, who has empathized with every single one of us, if he has empathized with us, how can we not show that to others? So often we pass over other, uh, other people's pain, especially if we don't particularly like them or we prioritize other people. But as church, we're called to enter into each other's pain and to help when it's possible. And we can empathize better by setting aside time to actually hear one another's stories. We empathize better by sharing in the feelings, by choosing to truly rejoice when there's great news and to weep when there is sorrow. And we show compassionate empathy. We show this doing empathy by helping where it is possible. And all of this is by the power of the Holy Spirit and with intentional practice. And maybe you're hearing all of this and thinking, my capacity is so limited right now. How can I even consider adding a, a, a single thing? How am I supposed to empathize better if I can't even imagine one thing being added onto my, my weekly schedule? And I think first we have to ask ourselves, have we allowed Christ into our joy and our sorrows lately? Have we spent time with him and shared with him as he listens? Maybe it's hard for us to imagine empathizing for others when we haven't allowed Christ in. Empathy does take commitment. It does take time. And you can't enter into someone else's pain or know how to best help them without really spending that dedicated, uninterrupted uh, time with them, without choosing to really listen. And something else that's important to um, identify is why is your capacity so limited right now? Why is our capacity so limited? And with that, we can then ask the Lord for wisdom and see where is my time and my energy meant to be spent? Where is it meant to be allotted in this season right now? Empathy is something that is to be continuously developed with the help of the Holy Spirit and with a commitment to one another, to, to, um, to one another. And an example and step for us in practicing empathy, if you're hearing all of this and you're like, okay, I get it, <laughs> how do I, what do I do now? So what's, what's a step I can take? Our, our church here, CPCLM, we actually are starting small groups next month. And what a great place to practice empathy. I want to challenge each and every one of you listening to prayerfully consider joining a small group. 
Because in, you may be asking, like, why do we even do small groups? I hear about this every once in a while, like, or I've, I've always heard about it, or I've done it once, and I don't know if I'll do it again. Why do we continuously do small groups? We're called to connection with one another as the church, as the body. We're called to connect, to be there for each other, to rejoice with each other, to weep with each other, to help each other. And so small groups it can provide this space for one another to open up, to share. And it can also be a safe place for vulnerability and to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us and in our groups. We're not meant to live this life alone. And we're not meant to live this life for ourselves only, for what makes us feel comfortable or as long as we don't get into any trouble. Church, I pray, may we respond to God's grace and God's empathy for humanity and for every single one of us. May we respond by listening, feeling, doing with, with empathy for one another. May we respond with humility, with commitment, with action, and with faith. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Thank you for how you have modeled empathy for us and how you are always there, Lord, to listen to us. That you never leave us, God, and you never forsake us. And Lord, I pray that as we uh, continue on with worship and after service is over and we go on with our weeks, Lord, that we would really meditate on what it is that you may be calling out to us to do. God, may we be good listeners of you. May we hear you and not ignore you. May we spend time with you and sit with you and, and get to know you more, Lord, and make you known to those around us. God, would you empower us with your Holy Spirit to, um, to go and move as you lead. We thank you so much, Jesus. We love you, and it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.